I'm recording. I took out my main mixer thing, so I'm doing this a little differently today, and hopefully I don't ruin everything. Like, it shows it's recording as long as the computer doesn't fail. I'm not recording it to, like, a disc, you know? Yeah. How do I just... I don't even know. Scarlet Solo USB. Should be good to go. All right. Okay. I'm going to press record on this too. Are you going to record my screen or no? I'm uh I'm going to send it to the multi-view, so we'll be able to we'll do we'll do it all. Okay. Because if not, I'll just. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your screen in there. It'll be in there. Okay. It'll be in there plenty. Trust me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here, as always, with Josh Olswich. Hey, Josh. Hey, Brian. You sounded like you were about to hesitate there. With with Who is this with, person that I'm hanging out with today? With, with the name, you know. Who is this guy? Yeah. You know, what's funny is when you, uh, I don't know, some people, when you hang out with them, you go call them by their last name, you know? Yeah, I get and, that a uh, lot. Most A lot of friends just call me some variation of Krogsgaard or uh, insulting term derivative of that. I personally never got any of that, uh, you know. Your name is name. your name is just too difficult <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for all us laymen's yeah. out there. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, good. It's raining. I'm hunkered down. Hunkered. We're uh, we've got another month of quarantine here. I think at least not here in Alabama, baby. We are open for business. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter if we've got higher cases. We are, we are back at it. It doesn't matter that um, the day the governor was making these announcements of opening up more fully, that we hit like 600 cases in a day, whereas our prior highs were like 400 cases in a day. Alabama says, "Screw it, screw the old people, screw the sick people, screw anyone that is a victim of all of this and doesn't want to deal with it. We're just going back to work." Well, the reality is, like, people need to have an income, and I'm one of these people who's, you know, fortunate enough that I can work from home like you, but a lot of these people can't, so yeah, no, someone's got to give, you know? Yeah, I don't fault them. I just, uh, I feel like we need to take extreme precautions if we're going to do it. You know what? This is a freaking crypto podcast, though. Um, but nevertheless, people in Alabama are back to work, and... Uh, as is my family. I mean, we're not, we're not, I guess we're a part of the problem, if you will, if, uh, if the problem is, you know, being out and about, but we're trying to be cautious, uh, having sent our kids back to a limited, limited openness, limited, I don't know, capacity, daycare and all that stuff. Um, Well, best case scenario is everybody young gets it, is asymptomatic and then we have herd immunity, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Um, the uh, <laughs> I know we're going to talk some legacy stuff today, but it seems like 
despite whatever the last four months have caused to the economy, the stock market's right back to basically where the highs were, at least on the NASDAQ. Um, and the uh, crypto markets look strong. Everything pretty much looks good, you know? Like uh, like there was there was nothing going on. There was nothing to worry about. There's no big deal. We're all we're all good. We're back to normal, right? I mean, spy. Oh my goodness. Uh, two ninety five. Oh, I'm looking at the four hour. I was sitting here thinking I was looking at it coiling up below the two hundred day. Well, it is coiling below the two hundred day, but it's also the two hundred on the four hour chart. I mean, it just looks like it's ready to pop up another level. If uh, like it bounced off the point six one eight. And it's going to three gonna test three hundred. Maybe it won't be there for long. I don't know. I'm actually short the market right now, so I might need to rethink that. Um Well the the thing is a lot of these companies on the Nasdaq are doing better during the pandemic than they were pre, right? Uh some. I don't I don't know about a lot. I don't know if that's the, the standard case. Now the Qs are almost to an all time high. Spies about at the point six one eight retrace still. Uh, really where it was last week because in the last week since we talked it had a dip down and basically full recovery from that um so there's a little way we're back we're back to like our our majority of 2019 levels but we haven't you know the, the spy busted up at the end of 2019 and spent until february just on this steady moon mission uh sure but either way, it looks, I mean, you wouldn't look at this, and if you just saw the level and you jump back to, you know, 2018, 2019, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is just normal economy stuff. You wouldn't think we're in an extreme recession, technically. But if you're on your deserted island just looking at the chart, you'd think everything's yeah. back to normal. You'd think everything's back to normal. I mean, obviously, you would see this V-shaped dip, but you would think like, oh, well, whatever that was is done for. And I just, my thing is, I don't know if that frames with reality. Sure. Can we, uh, can we dedicate this podcast to somebody? Ben, the actual advice, AABTC passed away. Yeah, man, that was terrible news. Young guy. Days ago. OG. I know you've probably, you've hung out with him in person, right? Yeah. Uh, just uh, really, really sad. Very yeah. generous guy. Just super nice. Big reason why a lot of us are even... On crypto Twitter, you know, Telegram, IRC, he was just super early into all that stuff. So it'll definitely be missed for sure. Yeah, feel terrible for his family and everything that they're going through and dealing with. It's awful. Um, and a lot of people in who, who were in crypto 2015, 2016, before that even, um, you know, were really close to him. So um, I know that's been tough on a lot of people. So, yeah, absolutely. Dedicate this one. To actual advice, BTC, um, aka Ben, aka Ben. All right, Josh. So uh, you've had this chart sitting on here with a big fat red cloud. What are we looking at? So I've got a bunch of things that uh, don't really jive together, but having is over, so we can all get rid of that variable. You've Bitcoin got difficulty. 15 Bitcoin tabs diff- pulled up here in front of me, and I feel like I'm about to go through Josh's chart school. So just take me in. Draw me in. 
So I don't have Bitcoin difficulty up, but it only dropped 6%. So that's a win. As far as post-having is concerned, there was no like massive meltdown, no minor capitulation as of yet. You know, price pulled up pretty nicely. So that's good. So starting with legacy though. So this is silver on the monthly chart. And it looks a lot like Bitcoin did on the, the weekly chart in 2015, 2016. Pre-edge to edge move to whatever that was. Uh, five, six hundred. I, I don't remember the number, but yeah. So silver looks good from an edge to edge perspective uh, on the cloud. This is like into 2022, though. Right. With anything in legacy, if like if you're looking for a multi-year trade, there's a there's a hundred percent gain potential on silver if you are in between fifteen and seventeen. Top of that this, cloud goes to thirty. Yeah, and this is just paper silver. So I've been told physical silver is actually in the twenties already. Interesting. Um, so yeah, cloud looks good. It's like coffee and accumulation. You can box this off in a nice rectangle. Yeah, I mean, any higher highs would trigger the edge edge, and it would fulfill like coffee and markup. Uh, so that looks good. So I think that I think metals being bullish should be bullish for crypto, right? Do we agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, here's gold, which is this is a monthly cloud for gold. And it's already way above the monthly cloud. Um, yeah, cloud hasn't flipped bullish yet. on The monthly chart. So you know, this may pull back and then things will flip, but it's basically at all time highs already. I didn't even know. I wasn't even really paying attention to it. I've been paying attention to it. I've been looking for downside on gold already. <laughs> I'm, I'm always early, you know, so uh, I I just but think... But what's the uh, macro position for that? Like, the macro position is gold goes to infinity, right? The macro position is by the freaking dip, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I probably should not have shorted, but I exited, I had gold miner positions that was a fairly significant percentage of a uh, retirement account. And um, I'd been playing the long side of gold and gold miners with active accounts through options. And now I'm moved mostly to cash and in the long-term accounts. And I'm short-term on the short side of gold miners because uh, it looked like they were failing a breakout. And it, I mean, gold really looks like it needs to simmer to me. Um, but I'm not really on the right side of my macro bias, which is always a trade that I want to be a little more, com a little more careful with if I'm going to take it at all, which I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to measure this. Okay. So the one, six, one, eight of the, if, if we call this inverted head and shoulders down here, um, and I'm showing all this stuff mainly because I'm going to show it again later on stellar on Ethereum. But, um, if we call this, this V thing, and inverted head and shoulders, the measured move, the 1618 is here, and it's way past that. Yeah. The 2618, the 2618 is at 1800. Basically all time highs, uh, retest. So yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I don't see any divs. No, yeah, there's still that weekly div. We talked about this two or three weeks in a row now. The yeah. weekly bear div on gold is even more stark now. Yeah, just because I don't know if you have the RSI available to pop up or if that's a still image, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at another chart on another screen, but um, the you can see it there now. Yeah, I imagine the RSI is not made a a higher high, so it's, it's the RSI is not following with the price right now. So there's yeah, that divergence. Yeah, so I'm with you on on the short 
potential for sure. Yeah, you said it's um, at a yearly pivot. Which one is that? R2. Yeah, so I, I mean, all I'm asking for is like a move from R2 back to, I don't know, 1600 bucks. I don't know what length of dip I'm seeking. Um, I just don't want to be long silver right now. Long gold, you mean? Gold. Well, or silver, but more so gold. If anything, I'd rotate long. Uh, I'd rotate gold positions into silver now, but that's just me. Like, I'm sure you can look at that ratio too, and that's got to be near all-time lows, right? It was, and it made significant recoveries like this week because it had so like silver had several like three or four percent up days this week so some people are looking at that looking at that ratio and saying the silver trade is already done like it's just perpetually crap relative to gold uh if it makes a more macro you know ratio breakout then it's probably early in that trade so it just kind of depends how you look at it gotcha and yeah again i think all this stuff's relevant because we're not in a vacuum with crypto, right? Everything's together. So if gold's bullish, Bitcoin has to be bullish, right? Yeah, we got our big boy pants on now. You know, we yeah. we correlate with legacy markets. We correlate with metals. We adjust. <laughs> it's like it correlates kind of just chooses, picks its poison, seems like week by week about what we're going to care about and, and sure. correlate with. Like the legacy market correlation cooled off quite a bit for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And this is a two-year MA multiplier for gold. Um, doesn't the the numbers are relevant, but just now that it's curve fitted to the previous resistances, is it's projecting uh, almost a two x, not a two x, twenty six hundred, whatever that is. Yeah, pretty so decent upside. A, a multiplier, so it's basically almost like setting some outer boundaries for like a cha- a moving average channel from right whence you can move from. And it's showing when it dipped below, that was kind of bear market type moves for gold and then a couple fake outs back in the 80s and 90s. It's basically saying this could be the start of a long-term markup. Yeah, this is, again, it's a two-day chart. It's The MAs are like 7.30, so that's... Yeah, they're long. It's it's a big, big time frame. But the, uh, the big move from 2002 to 2012, like it was riding the top side of the channel the whole time and... Now mm-hmm. it's just in the center of the channel, and if it bre- it looks like if it breaks an all time high, it's off to uh, off to the races, like twenty five hundred, three thousand, who knows what. Yeah. So ups- and, uh, upside potential is still there, big time on gold. It's not. I don't think it's sure. a trade that's played out. I agree. Um, have you had you heard of MA multipliers before? A couple of weeks ago. You know, I've seen something related to this, but no, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen them with regards to like a true moving average like this. Because I don't think I saw it until that look into Bitcoins um, dot com website. Mm-hmm. Little plug there. I just like the website. I'm not affiliated with it at all. <laughs> um, look into Bitcoins. Yeah, dot com. Because it's got the Bitcoin one on there. So what I did this week is I did this uh, last week actually. I did this massive article on uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tezos, Link, um, Ripple. And Litecoin, just like looking at all these various metrics for a bull run. So those articles will be coming out on BNC over the past, or in the past, uh, in the future, sorry, in the next couple of days. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I applied the MA multipliers and the pivots and all this other stuff to all the crypto stuff. For what uh, it's worth, that's look into Bitcoin with no S. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> no, fine. Just was a really uh, different side on the other one. <laughs> yeah, so that's gold. So silver and gold bullish 
gold more so, gold probably overextended. Um, looking at USDCNY, which is a peg, not a peg, it's a fixed rate. Fixed rate, is that the right term? It's decided by the PBOC, yeah, whatever. peg. Okay. So it keeps increasing, so they're devaluing the yuan, and typically that signals uh, capital flight and crypto strength historically, right? Yeah, and it looks like a... It looks like one of those things that it's a wedge that's not very wedgy, but it like a breakup wedge, <laughs> like a, a a coiling, an ascending coil that looks like it just wants to bust out a topside. Well, it's interesting that even the, though that this is like a fixed value, it's still like it still charts charting. You know, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's interesting. It's something it's you pay attention to. Charts rule all, Josh. Charts rule all. I think so. Like if it breaks seven twenty. And there's like trade war 2.0, 3.0, whatever. Um, I think again, bullish for crypto. Uh, this VIX trade we keep talking about, VIX continues to cool off, which is good. It's basically still way above historic highs. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, coming down. it's not fully back in jail yet. It's basically retesting jail. Uh, I feel like below 25 is jail, jail territory. You got that center line on there right now that's pretty clear in the long term. Um, I'm actually so kind of I'm, I'm kind of anticipating an increase in volatility, but that almost certainly requires the markets to crap the bed. Well, what I suspect is that if we do go to zero, crypto will consolidate and blast off. Uh, if uh, over the next, if 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 the VIX continues to go down, you mean? Yeah, over the next one to two months, because Q2 is almost over, right? Yeah, I mean, if we certainly if the legacy market like shrugs off further downward volatility, then all of the potential like inflation arguments and everything just compound because it's like, okay, how many trillions did we just print? And it wasn't even in a market that really was contracting as much as we thought. So there's not that offset between like new money that the central banks pumped into the market. Uh, so therefore, it's creating that inflationary cycle because the the deflation or the contraction wasn't there. So that yeah. would, that would insinuate metals and Bitcoin having significant strength even in a market recovery. Yeah. Then now that we got PTJ on our side, you know, touting that narrative, not just some massive Bitcoin maximalist, right? <laughs> yeah. That's got to feel good. Everything's possible now. I'm not, I, I refuse to write out any option. Like, I listened to a good episode of Macro Voices last night where they had a pretty interesting conversation about money and currencies. And, you know, they were talking about how, well, you know, like if fiat currencies, if they all are doing the same kind of bad behavior of what, you know, like just not like sound monetary policy, if they, if they let things get away from them. The guest, uh, I'll have to look up his handle, but he was basically saying, like, it's really difficult without a complete collapse of the fiat monetary system for them all to go to crap. Essentially, one will moon because it'll be the, you know, the best worst. Um, so if they all if they all suck, one will still be a winner. And, you know, he was saying, like, the dollar could still win because everyone else is a bad behavior, you know, is doing bad behaviors. Daniel... LaSalle, L-A-C-A-L-L-E, probably messed that up, French. Um, but yeah, it's a good, 
it's a good conversation about that. And they also, I mean, they're essentially wiggling around it, but they're giving this argument for a potential return to a a hard backed uh, currency system, whether gold or you know something that gives something Bitcoin a, an avenue forward. Um, because if all those currencies suck, like the dollar may be the best, but it doesn't necessarily mean it will retain its purchasing power. So it was an interesting debate. Which it hasn't historically over the past hundred years, right? Yeah, and that's that's under relatively mundane currency management, not right. <laughs> whatever we've got going on now. Activism, activist currency management. Yeah. Um, here's Tether. Tether was above a dollar ever since the drop on March 12th, and it just Wait, kept printing, I'm printing, still, printing. I'm not looking at Tether. I'm still looking no? at Bitcoin. This one here? That's Tether? Oh, sorry. Well, this is Bitcoin, but Tether's up top. Oh, I see, I see. So this is Tether, and then this is Bitcoin. But um, the point is that when the printing stopped and when we flipped below a dollar, we got relatively more bearish. So that's just something to pay attention to in the future, I think. So are we trying to figure out if maybe that Tether trend is a leading indicator? I think the prints are definitely a leading indicator still regardless of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, it just generally means demand, I think. Yeah. So, uh, and I think even crypt, a tether of a dollar just represents demand. Right. In general, at least in the near term. So if we keep, if we surge above a dollar again, you know, I think the consolidation's over and it's, it's moon time. That's just something to watch for. Yeah. I can get down with that. Um, because tether's below a dollar now, Coinbase is leading Bitfinex, which is this oscillator thing down here, um, which is general has been bullish. Mm -hmm. Something else to watch. Again, we talked about this a lot. Just cash leading tethers, generally bullish. Retail, FOMO type stuff. Spot buying, retail. Yeah. Uh, So it's something else I've been watching. None of this is like actionable on its own. Just like futures premiums, which were... Just some narrative steroids. Yeah, I mean, just stuff... Stuff that's not, it's not confluent at all. Like the, the look at this ETH. <laughs> ETH has been negative ever since like April 13th, basically on the premium. Yeah. And it keeps going up. You know, like what is going on there? I don't, I, I can't even explain that. I have no idea. I've been looking at uh, Ethereum myself and it's been interesting to me because. Uh, I basically got derped out of the position that I was interested in. Uh, I still kept my exposure to some other stuff, thankfully, but I, uh, it looked like it was breaking down. You see this right here? And like it didn't technically make a new low, which should have been my tell, but it was breaking the 200 day. It was breaking my like pennant thing. And I don't know, it just kind of scared me out of it. So I essentially sold the low. And it broke right back above and now is showing Bitcoin significant Bitcoin relative strength with the break above both the 200 and the 20-day. So short and long-term trends look like they fl- flipped positive. And now it really looks like it's got upside but up to like 0.025, uh, the trade I originally talked about. So I might try to get back in on this if it retests back to 0.022 or so. But... Um, it's been interesting, like every time we try to talk about, you know, these large cap altcoins and we think 
like one thing is happening, they flip the script on you so quickly that by the next week, like you're basically screaming the opposite narrative. I just feel like they're a challenge to trade right now. Yeah, that's why I don't trade the pair. I don't trade the BTC pairs. Yeah. You know? Well, I just trade the USD pair. Yeah, if you're trading the USD, if I'm trading the USD pair on margin and I have Bitcoin as collateral, I'm okay. Um, but I haven't, I've been only basically trading spot. So the BTC pair matters to me because I'd rather win in Bitcoin, you know? Sure, but like, I'd rather just win. You know, like, I don't care what, I don't care if it's fucking, sorry. Uh, I don't care if it's shekels, right? Like if yeah. I'm winning, I'm winning, right? No, that's, um, that's fair. Completely fair. I just have this irrational mindset of like, I want to beat what I could have had just doing nothing, you know, like rather like holding Bitcoin or if we think in terms of the legacy market, something I've been thinking about is like, I should be, I, I, I feel like I should be grading myself against the market. So like, how many shares of SPY could I own, you know, versus my active trading the market? Like, what's my performance relative to the S&P? Because if I'm underperforming the S&P, which I'm unsure of whether I'm doing or not, I haven't really checked. But if I'm underperforming the S&P, then, like, I'm kind of wasting my time, right? Yeah, but you could always rotate any USD gains into crypto or, you know, SPY or whatever, which is what I do if I'm, like, I crack and and I, I get uh, the winnings in USD, right? So yeah. you take your winnings and then you rotate it into crypto immediately. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's one way to do it. But I know you know that. I'm just saying like that's... Yeah, I'm just thinking in general, especially holding spot and it's not margin trading, then I don't want to say like, oh, well, I, you know, I've, I, I value my portfolio as XBTC and, and Y dollars. I want to increase both, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. there's times where I'm willing to take a dollar drawdown if it's within my broader narrative of bullish Bitcoin. Um, but I, I get a little salty if I'm like losing Bitcoin, even if, even if I'm winning in some other trade. And that's just kind of a, I don't know, it's a sickness, a disease. But what's that saying? Uh, concentration makes wealth and diversification preserves it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I haven't heard that. Well, I thought that was you. I, I guess not. No, it was. Uh, um, I do remember. I, we talked about this before. I can't remember who it came from, but that's probably some old Warren Buffett thing. Could be, yeah. But that's, man, isn't that true for most of the people in crypto? Oh yeah, Con- <laughs> it's just like it's true for me. I mean, sitting in BTC for what? What is it? Seven years now. Yeah, sitting or sitting in some altcoin for a lot of people. Yeah, hyper concentrated um, bet, and you know. Ant shares moon and you're rich. Right. Or OMG. <laughs> OMG was just yeah, moon today. There's a, there's a current one. Uh, Amaze Go. So it's out of Singapore, I think. Amaze as a payment system. Kind of Stripe-esque. They came out with a token back in 2017. and it looked. But they're as, not it, doing any of that stuff. That, that's, it's all just... I'm just saying that's what they were. Like, Yeah, and I'm saying that use case is bogus, first yeah, of all. That's go my, ahead. I know, oh, but I'm like, I don't know what the heck has happened to the last three years, but something convinced Coinbase to list it in 2020. I have no idea what the narrative is. I have no idea what the justification is. I have no idea which venture capital firm bought a bunch of cheap OMG and uh, pulled some exactly. strings at Coinbase. Exactly. Not that I'm insinuating. I'm just saying, you know, it's possible. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brian Armstrong, if you're giving up on the rest of media, we'll give you a fair shake here on the Ledgercast. Yeah, I said, uh, you probably saw my I tag. Did. I tagged I you. I said, look, Brian, 
Brian uh, said he's against giving quotes to the media. I welcome him on. You know, we'll do a crowd crowdsource questions. We'll give, him a fair, nice. we'll give him a fair shot. We'll be tough on him, but we'll give him a fair shot. Yeah. A um, few other charts. So BTC, CME futures, and options. Uh, there's a bunch of expiries uh, on the 29th, which is coming up in a week. Mm. There's generally a lot of volatility around these rollover periods. So something to watch. Like if we can survive the 29th without rolling over completely to 7K, like I think we'll be positioned pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Everybody wants 7K and I don't know, man. I I think that's a good time frame. Like if it survives end of month without giving this, you know, a more significant dip. Um Dips are for buying. Dips are for buying in either circumstance, but I feel like if I'm short and BTC just lingers here, it just gives me more and more evidence that it wants to sweep 10.2, which is the level I've wanted it to sweep this whole time, and it's just refused to do so. But the dips haven't been super significant either. Like even the ones where you know, people who went short are like celebrating. It's like 400 bucks or something, you know, it's like, yeah. and it gets bought up. Like the wicks on them have been pretty extreme. Like I was looking at, I think I, I tweeted out even, I was like, I think BTC wants to chill here. Just look at the low time frames, and sure it was six, five, $600 move, but it was at 8,800 for like half a minute. And then, you know, an hour later it's back above 9k. So it recovered a third of the dip. And it's like, I don't know. That's this, that's a tough direction for me to be right now. Um, I thought it was it was interesting. It's, so it's Bitcoin Pizza Day today, I think. Um, Woohoo! But I thought it was interesting that when those fifty coins moved from the early mining, um, the the Potoshi coins, the line. Yes, Potoshi. I wasn't I wasn't going to use that phrase because I figured five people would understand what the hell that is. Well, not that I even do, but I didn't know what it was. And then like everyone on Twitter was like, Oh yeah, it's just the Potoji line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just looked yeah. this up. Right. Um, so yeah, so price reacted to that at least seemingly very quickly. So I feel like there's some people trying to take advantage of that. Um, some whale who's like, you know, trying to incite a panic or something. But if moving 10 year old coins, even if it's only 50 of them, like, if that didn't really affect the market too strongly, then I feel like there's some strength in this market. I guess. Like at the same time, it's only 50 coins. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but it's indicative of their ability to move however many other coins are in that Potoshi line or batch, you know, which was a lot. Yeah, but move them all, you know, keep moving them. Maybe they right? just have some expenses, you know, they're, they're still hodling, but they got to spend money every now and then. I don't know. I, I think it's a silly reason to, to dump. Unless it's 5K coins, then, then there's an interesting... Like this Mt. Gox story, which continues to just get shelved month over month, uh, eventually those coins are going to get released, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything <laughs> about what Mt. Gox right, is but, doing. So what, what these companies are doing, I forget who, if it's Fortress or Citadel, or I forget that... The, BC, I don't know. They're buying the coins on the cheap. Uh, so a concentrated power is going to have the coins when they get released. I doubt they will dump them, uh, you know, immediately, but you never know. So that's, that's something to consider that was supposed to be at the beginning of this year, uh, if not middle of last year, and just didn't happen as far as 
those claims getting paid out. Um, Certainly worth watching. They also have all the Bitcoin fork stuff also paying attention to, Bitcoin Cash, that sort of thing. This was the inverted head and shoulders that I still think is a possibility if we get our 7K dip. If you get the dip. That's what I'd be looking for um, if we you know, don't break 10-2. Yeah. I mean, there's some great traders that are bearish right now that I respect and pay attention to. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not sold yet. Like, I just think patience is where it's at, like you said. Yeah. There's you know? this triangle thing uh, that is forming that basically says you got to make a new low below 8,800 to invalidate that. Um, my, our, our buddy Johnny Mo has been talking about that one, and I think that was a good look. Um, I think Ant on Twitter, forget his whole handle, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he was looking at that too. Like he was initially looking for something below 8K, and then, uh, you know, he highlighted a moving average that he liked, and then also this drawing that, you know, higher low potential just continued consolidation. So he just essentially said, "Hey, I'm just adjusting my uh, dip expectations based on what I saw here," and I think that that might have been it. And I think it, I think it might have been. I think you need to be prepared for that. I think we're still in consolidation. We haven't really fully broken down from consolidation. And I think it'd be really easy to get trapped. Kind of on, on either side. Yeah, on either side like, right now. Like I can understand not, both positions. Not only are you trapped, but you're eating fees, you know? Yeah, like, especially if you're against funding. If, if you're long volatility, if you are holding a leverage position that goes nowhere, you know, that's right. eating fees. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, this is the 50 and the 200. Both BTC and ETH have their golden crosses. So on technicals, definitely bullish. I still think we retest the 200 eventually for both of these. You know. Yeah. Don't Which is done. I don't disagree with that. I just I'm not I'm not convinced it's right now. Yeah, it doesn't have to be right now. Um, but it's got to be eventually. If this thing is, isn't, if it's not like this power move like it was last year. If it's one of these multi-month trends, it's got to touch it eventually, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, what other price stuff do you got for me? Because then I want I want to dig into something I've been researching a little bit lately. Oh, once you're done. Uh, okay, so we were talking about Bitcoin dominance, which really hasn't done anything. Uh, it lost a little bit of steam, but I don't I don't really take this to heart. In general, just another one of these things that to look at to pay attention to. It's kind of just you yeah. know it's above the two hundred. It's kind of in no man's land, but uh, I'm still looking at alts individually right now. Yeah, um, this is concerning still for ETH longs. Uh, Notional <laughs> is at three hundred fifty-seven million all-time high. So if you're on the long side of that, it's definitely a crowded trade. It's just Bitfinex. That's just Bitfinex. But on the other side of that coin, the chart again, good. just like silver. This is ETH on the weekly. It's got this edge to edge set up to 750. So, yeah. And, and, you know, six to 12 to 18 months, I expect that completely. Did you see this uh, story going around? I retweeted one of them where they were talking about the ETH 2.0 algorithm and the way that staking works, where issuance, there's, a, there's at least a possibility that issuance could start to become negative over time uh, because of the way the fee structure, the adjusted fee structure works. So I trust the Ethereum people so little 
that I try not to pay attention to anything until it's final. Um, so no, I didn't read that. <laughs> uh, it was interesting. That it you know like immediately in the replies, somebody was talking about why they didn't know that that was going to be true. Um, but there's at least a circumstance where I guess there's a built-in burn mechanism to the fees. Um, so if if the network is being used, the you could be burning enough Ethereum uh, to counteract the issuance. Uh, and it's some combination, magical triangle, uh, between the fee management, the number of coins being staked, and the resulting issuance due to various factors. And I always thought Ethereum was like super inflationary. So it seems like there's at least a mechanism that it could end up being a little less inflationary than you would anticipate, which gives me at least some optimism, if that's true, that these kind of $750, $1,000 plus targets are possible again outside of like a super hype cycle around ICOs and all that crap that drove ETH so high. I agree. But then they could just change it in the next hard fork, you know, <laughs> like they did in January. So until until I see it on um, on-chain evidence as far as what the inflation is, uh, I you know, who yeah. knows what it's going to be. They don't know what it's going to be. Sure. So that's fair. Speculators going to speculate though. Yeah, I but I agree with you that would be bullish. Uh, if it was a negative issue, it's constantly burning for sure, like a BNB style. Right. It's constantly burning. It wouldn't be like BNB. BNB is a quarterly burn, but you you get my point. Yeah. Um just looking at Stellar again real quick. This is a two-day cloud. It's been below the two-day cloud for two years, and it's finally popping above the two-day cloud. So I think that's bullish for Stellar. What are we calling these patterns? Because we've shown these before. Do you just consider it like a complex head and shoulders? Yeah, that's what I'd, I'd say. Um, it's, and so it's like halfway. It's like, yeah, it's like a, I don't know, like a broad shovel scoop <laughs> like a oh this is the gold pattern right this is the yeah, multi is, absolutely multi-month gold pattern yeah. same thing it's a really long and broad type of head and shoulders thing where if it can make that you know uh higher low on the right side but it's really broad like significant accumulation type of breakout i really like these patterns once they start to once they start to break up uh, but they yeah. can just last for a really long time yeah, definitely. Um, Doge, still watching Doge. Me too, it man. Is, I'm, I'm, you, you got me looking at Doge like all the time now. I always want to know, yeah, is it above 30 yet? Because <laughs> I, like, I feel like Doge's mission from whatever, 32 to 52 is going to be a quick one. I agree. I've got some of my Bitcoin Checker mobile um, app. I have four things. ETH, BTC, Stellar and Doge. <laughs> those are those are what I'm watching right now. Yeah. I feel like um, your yeah. risk reward on Doge, if you can buy just the bottom side of the consolidation, like twenty six or twenty seven sats, then it's a pretty well protected play. I don't want to say free money. I don't want to, you know. I, yeah, yeah. It can always but. like it did in uh late twenty seventeen as Bitcoin was mooning, it bled off on the BTC pair. But yeah, even oh, if it yeah. does that, I feel like it's yeah. just a spring for Doge's moon. Like there is only right. there is only glory for Doge. There's, there's three things uh, I'm messing already messing up the saying death taxes and Doge move <laughs> Doge at 100 sats is a better combination. All right. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's I'm watching that, and then the last one I thought was interesting was uh, Tezos BTC bounced on essentially the previous all time high zone. Yeah, this but is in a higher low too, and looks like it yeah. might set up a long term pennant. Yeah. This is indicative of what we were talking about. Like it looked like crap. It looked like crap. It looked like it was ready to go make a new low, but it didn't. And well, this was the falling wedge. Did we talk about that? I uh, feel like we did, but maybe well, not. we did back then because I was watching it closely back then. Yeah, yeah. It's like Tezos is one of those, but since November 2019, like that low in the middle of your chart there, when it was consolidating, when it was a piece of trash, like I played this mm-hmm. the first two big swings, and then I just have kind of ignored it, which has for the most part been a good move because it's been not made new highs at least. Um, it continues to show strength though, and uh, Tezos is a good example amongst several alts that look like they were on the brink, but they saved it basically. Um, and now once again, and we'll sound dumb by like a week from now because they'll have rolled over or something. But I feel like if you can catch these as they flip that bias, like what I showed with Ethereum before is it looked like it was about to roll off and, and break down. I got out of Ethereum, but then it recovered it. So that's a classic case of, well, you can get in from higher. It's no big deal. Like there's still a trade there. Um, it told me to get out. I got out. And now it's telling me to get back in. And I, I think Tezos is actually really similar, telling you that it's okay to venture back in here and, unless it makes a lower low. Yeah. And uh, I just did an article for VNC on Tezos, so check that out. But uh, more more than 80% is being staked on Tezos now of the circulating supply. Yeah. And more than 20% of the circulating supply is being staked on exchanges. Yeah. So that's interesting. For sure. And uh, the exchanges are really participating in these staking networks for their own sake and the sake of their customers, giving them. Well, they, the, they take a cut, right? They're yeah. The middleman. Yeah, there's a commission built in. So this gets me into what I wanted to talk about because I've, oh, I've been doing a lot of research on another staking network. Uh-huh. Um, and we can dig into it. But I, I think we've talked about Adam before. So this is Cosmos. Are you familiar with Cosmos? Uh, didn't I own some at some point? I don't know. You probably or, or I still, I probably still do. I got to pull up my BNC Pro. Is it in your? Yeah, pull that up. And uh, meanwhile, <laughs> so this similarly looks uh, like on a path to recovery price wise. Like I really love these twenty day breakups that I'm showing right here, right up against the prior low that it broke down from. So essentially, if it flips this level between the twenty day and the and the prior breakdown level, then I'm looking at a at a move up to the 200-day moving average relative to BTC. Uh, so I like this from a potential trade setup, but I was also um, looking up this project. It's by Tendermint, and there's this Tendermint SDK, um, the Cosmos SDK by Tendermint. And so the Binance DEX is built on it, and several other things are built on it, and I actually... Uh, launched a full node, and I am a validator for an altcoin right now. Uh, oh, full community member, folks. Never <laughs> thought I'd see it. Uh, well, it was a good learning experience because you know you got to spin up a server, you got to uh, run some code, and whatever, whatever. But all of it is essentially based on this Cosmos SDK, and I think this is one of the more interesting. Um, like software protocols where 
like they're getting real usage in terms of at least other blockchains and projects that are diving into this. But built into this SDK, you can build in staking and, and governance mechanisms so people could submit proposals and um, you know several other features that they like have out of the box. So it's kind of a blockchain in a box thing. And um, for proof of stake, it's like very straightforward. It's very simple. It's got this delegation concept. So like say I'm a validator on this blockchain and you can then delegate your tokens to me, maintain your custody, similar to what people would recognize for like Tezos baking. Um, But essentially this allows you to put that into any blockchain. And I think in this ecosystem that you and I have talked about some with like the prevalence of staking networks and people having this desire to participate in the networks from a staking perspective for earning interest, interest, but also for voting and other things like that. Um, I've been pretty impressed. As all as, I, I have no stake in Atom. I may, I may get one. But the other thing that I've heard about this, like relative to Ethereum, is it's one of the better candidates in terms of being uh, significantly more capable from a scalability perspective because they built in some of the Ethereum lessons learned or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's been really interesting. And it seems like there's several uh, other projects that are like looking for some of these same features that we've seen in Tezos or whatever, but they're extendable through this Tendermint um, company that's behind Cosmos, a- aka Adam and the SDK that they built. And uh, it's been an interesting experience for me. Isn't it um, a ZRX problem though? Like how does the token accrue value and don't they, they don't need a token for that, right? I have no idea in terms of where the value play comes from Adam itself. I only know in terms of the token that built on this. So this is, yeah, the exact scenario. Like somebody could go build decks that can use ZRX. They don't need ZRX. Uh, right. And they can just fork Cosmos, can't they? I don't I think this is better set up to where you're you're using Cosmos. Like it's okay. still their own token like an ERC20 is for Ethereum, mm-hmm. except for it's their own mainnet. It's not like a sidechain of Atom. So I I don't really under, know what capacity the Atom token plays in all this. This is not me pimping it in that in that way. It's more You just you're just a community member. I'm just, I'm just I'm just I'm just community membering in this ecosystem. I really wanted to dig into this whole staking landscape and all that, um, and figure out like I've kind of been, um, I've tried, I've kind of been scolding myself because I come from a land of software and stuff like that, and in crypto, I've not really cared at all about the software. I mostly looked at things from an investment perspective, and I want to see like, okay, give me a hyped up. Like, what do people like? What are people talking about being innovative? And let me figure out why it's interesting. And I at least can concur. If you can imagine scenarios with blockchain applications, I can imagine that this has truly made it simpler to do so, like to achieve some of these things. The question is, is there a, uh, you know, is there a blockchain application that that fits? Uh, But yeah, and I combine that with saying like, dang, that's pretty neat. Let's go look at the atom price. Uh, and I like, this is right up my alley of knife catch, you know, like the first high or low <laughs> type of deal. The poor, poor trading decision making by, <laughs> by, 
buying the weakness. Buy, I'm buying the flip of the weakness. This is somebody who's holding it and is down 30% from you're, the purchase. You're down 30%? Yeah, I've, so I must have bought it in December. I, I don't know when I bought this, but it's in uh, it's in my fo- portfolio. Let's see. Let's December just... 2019. Must have been. Anyway, because uh, I'm staking it on Binance US as well. So, yeah. It's a long term hold. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's that my... was that was the criteria for the portfolio. Um, yeah. If you don't know anything out. about my my altcoin portfolio, I started in December 2019 because alts looked like they were on their deathbed, and that's usually a good time to buy. Um, and at the time, Adam was actually showing significant relative strength because it was just riding its 20 day constantly. You bought the top. Yeah, looks like looks like it did, but you know that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's what I'm. That's still holding. I, I have no plans to get rid of it at any point, really. And this just looks maybe. like it has. You remember those ZRX swings? Just like pretty. Oh, rich. don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> you and I, especially here. You know what? We can just click right over. These aren't perfect because uh, this doesn't. This isn't Polo, so it's just. Like Polo was kind of the rectification of ZRX. Do you have the Polo chart handy? Of ZRX? Yeah. USD or BTC? BTC. If not, I can probably find it. ZRX broke my uh, my level the other day. Broke thirty three cents. Um. ZR. Yeah, this is that's it. What, what are we looking at? Oh, you've got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you just look at those lifetime swings, no, I'm still look. You've still got Tezos pulled up Nuh-uh. on the Zoom call. Uh, that's false. Short Zoom. It's not short, working. Short Zoom. It's broken. It's fine. I got it pulled up over here. Okay. I actually can't even see your screen. Speaking of more reasons to short Zoom. Freaking Zoom. Uh, well, that's okay. I think the audience can see my screen. Um. All right. So if we go to the weekly ZRX. I know everyone's so enthralled by this. <laughs> Coming off of your Adam talk, I mean, how could they not be? <laughs> uh, and now, of course, I'm struggling to like pull it up. But it just had, in 2017, it went down, down, down until December. And then it had two of the best like gigantic multi-week up moves on a weekly basis that you could just like play like, any kind of trend following strategy and it just had several nice swings until the uh exit pump in october 2018 and then death ever since and it's actually unfortunately due to some tika thing it looks like it's uh that's may have been the cause of the pump but it uh it looks good again for the first time tika pump or not yeah maybe i'll wait till it cools off a bit but it looks adam and evie doesn't it? It does. And that's the weekly looks like it hasn't fully cooled off yet, but the daily looks like it's right on the kind of bullish retest zone. Uh, and the Adam and Eve on that daily looks much clearer to me. So, so the weird thing about ZRX now is you stake with the ZRX, but you get paid out in ETH. Really? Yeah. So it's dependent on people using ZRX. Uh, DEXs, relayers, hmm. as far as the, the fees you get. It's kind of interesting. Um, I haven't done any kind of fundamental research in the ZRX in a while. 
It kind of makes me like the the chart paired with the staking mechanism kind of makes me want to jump in. Um, do you see the ZRX tracker I just pulled up? No, because your your camera is stuck. Short zoom. Short zoom. It's sharing the screen. It should be. Yeah. Any anyway, ZRX uh, trades by volume, trades by number. They're both way above historic highs. So people are definitely using de- re, uh, dexes and relayers. So that's good. If you're a ZRX staker. I but yeah, the chart looks. I stopped your share. Okay. And chart I, looks decent. I also just showed everyone my Zoom URL. <laughs> Short Zoom. <laughs> Short to the ground. <laughs> so if y'all hop on that sometime, you know, I'll probably be in a meeting and I'll be upset. <laughs> I'll have to blank this part of the video out. Yeah, you'll have to uh, edit it a little bit. Uh, anyway, so yeah, if you're into staking, speaking of a staking conversation, that's an interesting play because even if you lose value in the ZRX, theoretically you could end up net positive with the ETH um, rewards, staking rewards, you know? Yeah. And once again, uh, Link and XTZ look like they're basically the same coin, the way that they're trending. Yeah. Um, all of these altcoins look like they broke kind of the same levels. Like I'm just looking at these breaches above the 20 day for every single one of them. Even, even Litecoin is breaking above its 20 day moving average today. Uh, yeah, I just did an article on Litecoin and man, those technicals look real bad. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. Like it is so bad. EOS too. It's a EOS and LTC are very close uh, as far as correlations, just like Tezos and Link. Um, I feel like whatever EO, up move Litecoin has is just a bearish retest before more death. I agree, but Block One just had another lawsuit against them. What for? Uh, same type of thing, selling to American investors, um, promising stuff, you know, security related things. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Uh, do you have any temptation to get back into Zcash? Uh, what does it look like? I'll, it looks CRX like chart. kind of the bottom, the bottom end of the range. It's getting me hot bothered right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I got to figure Zcash, out how easy it is. Zcash today broke above its 200-day SMA. Um, and it just looks like it's breaking through the bottom of the range, prior accumulation range, maybe another run for, like, 0.006.007. I'm just saying, if Ethereum follows that trade idea that I was talking about, and even if it breaks bullishly out of that consolidation, like we could have a little bit of an alt run here. No, I don't buy Zeke below the 200 when it's not in despair territory. It's It's above the 200 SMA. Yeah, well. You can't see my screen, apparently. Why would you use an SMA when there's an EMA? You would, that's a silly. That's long, silly. Long you silly term, man. Long term battle lines here. I need to get. You, I need to get. Win, silly, silly man. I need to get Winthorpe to do a performance test of SMA <laughs> versus EMA. Um. Well, it's again. It's above the SMA. It looks. Zcash looks good to me. Silly, silly man. I just don't Let see me, the upside uh, necessarily. Like, I feel like Zcash is one of those where people love to fade it 
naturally. It works. Well, the interesting thing is they have their um, their shift in uh, block reward for the team. I'm blanking on all the words that make sense here, but um, yeah, the founder. Yeah, the founder's reward is changing slightly, but let me just pitchfork this. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be any better. Is my TLDR there? Okay. Uh. Well. So yeah, the upside. Uh, uh no, it's not for me. <laughs> what is Binance Jersey? Uh, it's another exchange, right? Another Binance exchange. Yeah. Just trying to pitchfork. You can't see this, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's still in a downtrend. Like I'm not going to touch it. I'm just saying, if I got so. <sighs> I've you got, and your just sayings, man. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the there's a trend spider watch list feature where you can go to like so um, name drop that. Yeah, go to ledgerstats.com slash trend spider and sign up. Right. Okay. That's what I use for my charting. Um, gotcha. And it's what's on the video. Mm. How about that? There's a name that? drop for you. But when I pulled up the Coinbase tickers, everything's green today. Absolutely everything is green. Oh, the USD side? Yeah, USD, BTC. Well, Coinbase doesn't have a lot of BTC pairs, but the ones that they have are green. Even XRP, which looks as bad as Litecoin, worse than Litecoin, but it's green today. I think uh, to bookend this, I'll go on record saying I don't use Coinbase anymore. So Brian, he can come on and tell us why we should. (laughs) Yeah, tell us why we should get back in. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And your favorite XLM, which you were just talking about, it was supported by the 200-day moving average. I'll have you know. Look at that. The 200-day SMA. What a champ. Oh, <laughs> why do you, you got to ruin the narrative? <laughs> I mean, that was that was a hard floor. 200-day SMA. I don't know if you can see my screen. Short Can't. zoom. Short zoom. Um, I mean... Is this just a is this just a bearish retest of all markets? Like, are we are we about to get absolutely owned? I don't think so. I think if if the high caps consolidate, the small caps move up a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, That's... BTC definitely looks like it. It could just be a bearish retest before it gets that broader move down, which would pull everything down. But if, this it, point, uh, if it doesn't, then we're just getting started on some of this altcoin upside. I don't have an edge on high caps right now, other than putting bids at seventy nine hundred and one seventy five for ETH. You know, like yeah, I I'm not touching a leverage position. So, are you interested in the smaller caps, lower caps? I'm interested in ZRX for sure. Looking at that chart, I got you hot for ZRX. Did ZRX USD or ZRX BTC? You're um, looking at the BTC one, right? But everyone had the Adam and Eve on it. I think yeah, it was the... it was BTC. Yeah. It does. It looks good. And that Tika scammer guy thinks so too. Except he sold well, his position and that's what caused it to dump. Of course. But, you know, when I started the portfolio, I said, I'm going to set aside a grand for ZRX when it breaks 34 cents or whatever the, the alert was, 33 cents. So, you know, I'm just following through with my my vision. Your vision. Carpe noctum vision. That's right. 
Good. Hey, what else do you have? I think that's it, right? Is that I it? I feel like I talked a lot this episode. Was there... I mean, I can't think of anything else interesting happening. I mean, there's a, so there's a bunch of stuff towards the end of the year that's happening. Like Cardano has a mainnet coming, allegedly. <laughs> um, Kin, the token for... Is, it, is Kin the token? I forget. The messaging network. Oh, yeah. Ted Livingston. It's it's migrating from Stellar to Solana. Didn't Ken get in trouble with the SEC? They did. They did. Uh, Solana is the chain backed by Bram Cohen, I think. Which is, he's the guy behind BitTorrent. So, yeah. The cocktail circuit is hot on uh, people migrating chains, apparently, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't give me see. the chain migrations, baby. <laughs> I want to see chain uh, mergers. That's what I want to see. I'm excited for that. Uh, in non-news news, the block is reporting that Ponzi's and marketing schemes are among the biggest gas guzzlers on Ethereum right now. <laughs> that has always been the case, though. I was I was extremely early on calling that yeah that stuff out. I I've called that out a year or more ago. Anyway. Not that I'm not looking for credit. I'm just saying this is a known thing and it continues to be the case. Oh, here's another one. We talked about FTX US and I want to still want to get Sam on here. I went and peeped at it today, though, and uh, the book looks good. The order book looks like there's some depth, you know, maybe some slippage, but you could go buy any reasonable amounts of uh, Bitcoin for a retail investor and be absorbed on a market order. But the actual trades, they were like, five or six trades all day and they were all like 0.05 BTC or less. Um, so at least in the initial launch, they're not, they're not doing what it takes to get people over there. Uh, just use the cash app, you know, it's like Binance us. They have like 50 pairs and they're yeah. all illiquid. But what's I'm not, the point? I'm not talking about it from that. The point is for the, the margin side of things, if you want to take a margin position, but you have to go and you basically have to market order anything you want to do. But go to Kraken if you want, if you're in the US and you want margin, right? Well, I'm saying this would be uh, competitive to Kraken. I want, comp- I want competition. I want competition. I mean, let's be real here. Kraken's UI needs a complete overhaul. Kraken but. has a good UI for their futures product. They just don't have it for their uh, American acceptable product, whatever that crypto watch. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I just, people say, talk about the American market. Like, they act like the American market is nothing, and I don't understand. Maybe it's just the fact that it's still so easy to trade on unregulated exchanges, but it's just strange to me that uh, FTX US is getting very little liquidity out of the gate. Uh, Kraken doesn't seem to prioritize their American customers. It's disappointing, Josh. I'm just saying I'm disappointed. All right. I share in that disappointment. We'll try to get we'll try to get Sam on the show. We t- I talked to Sam, and he agreed to come on, but then we kind of... Lost we're going to get we're going to get Sam on. We're going to get Brian Armstrong. That's right. We're we're going to get CZ on here. The, the battle of exchange executives. They're going to come on here. We're going to put them to the test. That's right. Hot seat. No promises on that, though. We're <laughs> what do you mean? We just I just promised it. What do you mean? <laughs> that requires us doing some work. Well, you know, I did reach out to Tagami like months ago and they had never responded. Never responded. So. Jerks. You know what? They could rot in hell. That's right. <laughs> it's like, don't you want people talking about your stuff? Whoever they were. 
Seriously. All right. Let's leave it there. Josh, uh, people can go to twitter.com slash carpe noctum to follow you and what you're doing and check your articles out on Brave New Coin. And y'all can go to ledgerstatus.com and check out this episode and more. Catch the video version if you like, et cetera, et cetera. We didn't talk about one more thing, though. Oh, Rogan, no. moving, Rogan moving to Spotify. Oh, quick, such quick thoughts. an important topic. Uh, quick, quick thoughts. Podcasts about podcasts. I don't, like, I don't like these walled gardens where you're forced to go download Spotify to enjoy a podcast. I like the open ecosystem, so screw him and screw them. What yeah, are your thoughts? I, uh, I'm, I mean, he's getting paid, so I can't. Oh, I'm not know. blaming him. I'm just, I can't, exactly. I'm just, it annoys me as a consumer. It, it, it annoys me as well. I don't even watch his show or listen to his show, but it still annoys me. I just watch it on YouTube if I ever, if I do tune in. But, yeah, the clips um, and stuff when they pop on. Yeah. There's some people you just can't avoid on YouTube, so every now and then I'll see a clip too. Yeah. All right. See y'all later. This episode of uh, Joe Rogan commentary. 